Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, this is a, a milestone episode of sorts, or, or I guess you could even call it a mini milestone <laughs> because it's a mini episode. You certainly can, yes. We've uh, we've reached 50 mini episodes and who would have thought it? Right, exactly. So we thought we would do something, you know, we didn't want to throw a crazy big celebration, but any kind of neat milestone, like hitting 50 episodes or something. You know, we're, we're over 100 regular episodes, but hitting 50 mini episodes, which, you know, we have a lot of fun doing these mini episodes so i thought we should you know maybe celebrate a little bit yes so we've uh it was a good idea you came up with mike uh, it's been a tough one though thank you but uh it has been, yeah. it, ha- it has been a tough one do you want to tell people what it is well mike came up with the idea we're going to do our top five films that we have not yet talked about on after the ending in any way shape or form right which <laughs> like you said was a lot trickier than we expected because with over 100 regular episodes you know doing two movies per episode that's you know 200 films then yeah. we did our top 10 for the last 100 years so that's a thousand films then we've done you know now 50 of these mini episodes with mostly top five lists there's a you know not a lot of movies we haven't talked about putting this list together was really tough right yes we've covered an awful lot of ground and um the list i've come up with even now I'm going, uh, maybe we've talked about these. <laughs> right, right, exactly. We're going to try and uh, and check each other, you know, and make sure. And, and, and if any uh, eagle-eared listeners out there do catch us talking about a film we've spoken about before, uh, do rest assured that... It wasn't us. It was imposters. It wasn't us. <laughs> right. Uh, we're not trying to pull one over on you. Uh, it's just bad memories because we've been doing this for quite a while now, and it's hard to think back to everything you've talked about over the last, you know, three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think at least the ones we've done, uh, we have... A- at the very least, we haven't talked in depth. It might have been like the title was mentioned, in pre- you know, way, way back in the day. But I don't think... Well, anyway, we'll see how we go. Yeah, none of them are films we've talked about really at length at all. We haven't gone in depth on any of them. There, if, if any of them got mentioned, it was only in the briefest of passing mentions. So like I said, rest assured, we're not doing it on purpose or trying to pull one over on you. It's, it's just a matter of us not remembering we talked about them. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to kick things off then, Mike? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so my number five is from 2016, and it is, it's the last movie you might expect to be on my list because it's a genre that I typically hate. Okay. And it's a found footage horror movie, and it's called Found Footage 3D. Okay. Which is actually the name of the movie. (laughs) And it sounds... That's uh, that's, that's to the point. Yes, and it, it sounds terrible. It is a found footage horror movie in 3D. I did not choose to watch it in 3D because I got the the video to review the home video and they had the 3D and the non-3D version. I don't care about the 3D gimmick, especially when it's the red and blue glasses. But basically what it is, it's about a group of like low-budget filmmakers going out to this kind of cabin in the woods type of thing uh, to film a found footage horror movie. Okay. And then, of course, it turns out that there is something lurking that may be haunting sort of the situation as it goes. So it's a really, really meta film because they're filming themselves filming a found footage horror movie, right? So you're watching them like rehearse and film and and then little things kind of go wrong or things go bump or, you know, 
you know, something, something kind of weird happens. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. what, what is that? But because they're filming this movie, it's sort of like, well, it's, you know, it's just part of the film, whatever. So it's like, it's like a layer upon a layer upon a layer. And I think it was pretty much savaged by critics and ignored by audiences, but I really enjoyed it. It's, it's got a lot of humor in it. It's got some really just great, it's not a parody, yeah, but it really yeah. picks on all those things about found footage movies where they, they take these things that you see in found footage movies and they sort of point them out and go, well, why would the camera still be running? You know, we got to find a reason for that. And they sort of, uh, you know, attack all of the issues one by one and sort yeah. of check them off and go, OK, we covered that. And I thought it was a really, really good amount of fun. So it's on home video. It's on Blu-ray. You can track it down and it's called Found Footage 3D. And it's much, much better than it sounds. Okay. Yeah, that's, that does sound interesting because, I mean, I, I do like the occasional Found Footage film, but as you say, lots of them have been played out, but that sounds worth a watch. And I don't think I'd heard of it at all. Yeah. No, it really, it, it completely bombed in the box office. But what I like about it is the, the conceit of being found footage which is usually a problem is fixed by the fact that they're filming a documentary about filming the found footage film. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's always a reason for the cameras to be running. You know what I mean? And and because they're capturing all this behind the scenes footage. So so that part, that problem is is erased right from the beginning, which lets you really enjoy the film. Okay. Yeah, worth tracking down. That sounds right. All right, great. What's your number five? Okay, my yeah, my first one is uh, it's Cast a Deadly Spell from 1991, which is a comedy horror detective film. Hmm, interesting. Uh, it was detected by Martin Campbell, who did. Uh, one of the Bond films, I think. Yes, yes, things. I like Martin. Uh, but it stars Fred Ward, Julianne Moore, David Warner, and Clancy Brown, and it's basically set in the forties. Fred Ward's playing a, a detective called H. Philip Lovecraft, which also happens to be the name of an author who wrote an you know, H. P. Lovecraft, who did all those right. cosmic horrors and weird right. things. But it's uh, it's a it's set in a fictional well alternative universe where magic's real, and it's set in Los Angeles. So there's magic. Uh, zombies are used as uh, you know on building sites, things like that, uh, and everybody uses. Pretty much everybody uses magic apart from Lovecraft, and he's a you know hard-boiled private detective, and he's trying to solve this plot with uh, this hitman monsters, and they're looking for this mysterious magic book. But it's uh, yeah, it's a good, it's it's not a great film, uh, but it was uh, it's always one I enjoy. I think that there's also a sequel or follow-on with the same character, but uh, Lovecraft was played by Dennis Hopper in the sequel, which I think might have been a TV movie. But this one, it's yeah, it's got a cracking cast to be honest. Yeah, it's got some great moments of uh, the fact it's. It's used like lots of Lovecraftian elements, but it's also like a comedy. It was a bit, it's it's a mishmash of many different genres, I, and it just about works. But I always like Fred Ward and Clancy Brown and Julianne Moore. Yeah, yeah, and I love absolutely. Lovecraft and Detective Story. So it was a. Very cool. I, I have I am familiar with the film. I've heard of it, but I have never seen it before. So that is one I'll have to track down because I do like a lot of those people you mentioned in the cast. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones which probably a few people have heard of. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's not probably not on. I don't think it's on Blu-ray or anything like hmm. that. Okay. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, my number four is a tie, and it's my only tie. But I wanted to represent a genre that I don't necessarily always represent, although I don't shy away from it either. Um, but it is the rom-com yep. genre, and the tie is between. Two films from the 2000s, 27 Dresses and When in Rome. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 27 Dresses from 2008 starring Katherine Heigl and James Marsden. That was a pretty big hit. Uh, when in Rome stars Kristen Bell and Josh Duhamel. Uh, not as big of a hit, but they are two favorites in our house. My wife loves both these movies, and they're the kind of films that, like, you know, my wife doesn't watch movies over and over again very often. Yeah. But like, if these movies are on TV, she'll stop and and watch them. So I've seen I've seen I've seen Twenty Seven Dresses like a dozen times, easily, and I've seen One in Rome, probably three or four times, and I've seen it probably twice in the last six months. Um, 
And they're just both really fun, charming, enjoyable romantic comedies. You know, 27 Dresses is, of course, Catherine Heigl's Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride. And this guy writes a story on her and then her sister comes along and kind of steals her uh, her her love interest. And it's got a great supporting cast. It's got Edward Burns and Malin Ackerman and, you know, just some really great people. Um, I think most people are familiar with that. But When in Rome actually didn't do that well. But Kristen Bell, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a really wacky comedy. Um, it's not one that takes itself too seriously. She plays a girl and she's in Rome and she takes the coin from a fountain that's like blessed or cursed, has a spell. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, the one. No, and no, all no. these guys fall in love with her, uh, including uh, Danny DeVito, Dax Shepard, Will Arnett, and uh, and John Heater. And they, they all play these really whacked out characters. John Heater's like a magician, and Will Arnett's like an Italian painter. And they all fall in love with her, and they're following her around. And she's in love with Josh Jamel, but she thinks he's only in love with her because of the spell. There's this amazingly funny scene where they, they go on a date, Kristen Bell and Josh Jamel, to a, one of these restaurants. It's like it's like blacked out, so like you can't see anything, and you you only have to talk to each I've other. Heard of those Ones, yeah. And it's really, really funny. Um, and it's it's a good comedy that doesn't take itself too seriously. And I find both these films to be very charming and eminently rewatchable. Um, and they're a lot of fun. My wife and I can watch them together and just laugh and have a good time. And so those are my number four, 27 Dresses and When in Rome. Cool. Yeah, I've seen 27 Dresses. I've not seen the other one, though. But yeah, sometimes I do like uh, a romantic comedy. Excellent stuff. Okay, my next one is, uh, is one which it's one of the ones where I'm going, have I done this one before or not? But... I really don't remember, but uh, it's uh, Bubba Hotep. Well, but to be fair, you did your research, and you, it doesn't appear on any of your lists that you could find. So yeah, not on my written list. It seems like fair things. game. Yeah, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I've done done my research as you say, and it's Bubba Hotep uh, from two thousand and two, which was uh, from Don Coscarelli, uh, and it stars Bruce, Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley, uh, like an older version of him. He's in uh, a nursing home, and also stars Ossie Davis, who claims to be John F. Kennedy, and they're getting. Uh, there's like a, a hillbilly mummy going around uh, killing people. Right. And uh, I quite like this film. It's uh, I love the set, probably love the setup of it and the idea more of having this this guy, this Elvis who basically got fed up with fame and he, he got a lookalike to take his place and he went off and did his own thing for a while and he ends up being an old guy. But uh, I, on the whole, the film itself doesn't always get me. I thought it was a bit slow in places, but I do like Bruce Campbell and Bruce Campbell as Elvis is fantastic. It's got some some neat ideas, some good moments. It's a couple of creepy bits. Could have they could have cranked up the creepiness a bit more. Uh, there was always talk of going to do a sequel as well, but that never happened. But it's uh, yeah, Bubba Hotep from two thousand and two, uh, and I also quite like the the design of the mummy itself. Uh, but yeah, Bruce Campbell is the king. Well, hail to the king, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very good choice. Very good. Yeah, I, I don't think we have talked about that one because I know it's never... I haven't seen it yet, believe it or not. It's one of those films I've just never gotten around to, so I, I, I certainly wouldn't have put it on a list. Yeah, but if any, any eagle-eyed listeners have, just feel free to get in touch and I'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. My bad. <laughs> All right, well, my number three is from 2013. It's a little seen kind of science fiction-y type film called Coherence. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really have any big-name stars in it. There are a couple people you might recognize uh, in supporting roles. Nicholas Brendan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Elizabeth Grayson from the Highlander TV show. Uh, they show up. Most of the cast is unknowns. And basically, it's about a group of friends who have a dinner party on the night that a comet passes overhead, and it basically, like, fractures time. So whenever they leave the house and they come back, they come back to, like, a different house that's on a slightly different timeline where they're, like, a little behind or a little ahead. And and so the people sort of start 
coming in out of different houses and interacting with the same people, but the events are changing around them and some of them start to go a little dark and some of them don't. And it's 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 really hard to explain because it's one of those sort of twisty, low budget, time travely thrillers. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's really good and it's really interesting and very engaging and it has a great ending. Um, it's like I said, it's a low budget film and it's, you know, there's no real special effects or anything. It's just people in a house, but you know, trying to figure out which timeline they're in and what's happening and who's who, uh, it's really neat. So, um, I like that one a lot and it's called coherence. Highly recommended if you can track it down. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer for that. I do like to look at that, but I've never got around to actually watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth a watch. Okay. Uh, good stuff. And my next one is, uh, uh, from 1992. It's called Thunderheart and it stars, uh, Val Kilmer who's uh, an FBI agent. He's called in to uh, investigate some murders at uh, a Native American reservation. And we find that uh, Val Kilmer's character has got some Sioux heritage uh, way back. And he gets involved on the uh, on the reservation. He's talking to Sam Shepard and Graham Greene, Fred Ward again. Uh, and if, if we're following uh, Val Kilmer's character, he's doing investigation, but then he's, 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 you know, he's getting caught up in the whole Native American side of things and the way they're treated or mistreated. Uh, I always remember seeing this one. It was a good. It was a good. First of all, it was a good mystery, uh, you know, and you're finding out what's going on. And but also, it's really well acted. It's you know Val Kilmer. You forget what a good actor he is because uh, sort of you know with with the the Batman thing and stuff like that. He sort of not didn't become a joke, but it's they sometimes overshadowed things. But he's he's a damn fine actor and he's got a great supporting cast in this one. And it's also dealing with lots of different. It's dealing with the whole things of identity politics the way people are treated by by the government and by the neighbors and things like that but it's yeah i, I always remember seeing this i only saw it the once and i've talked one i've always wanted to watch again but it was only when doing this list i suddenly went oh thunderheart yeah yeah let's uh let's put that one on but that's uh that's my number three that's a good choice i i remember that movie i can't yeah i can't remember if i saw it or not i want to say much like you that i saw it probably back you know, I probably rented it from Blockbuster is what I did. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Because it was I think so long that's, I ago. think it was a video shop one for me as well. Right, right. And I think I saw it, but I don't remember much about it. But I do like it as a pick because Val Kilmer was great back in the day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He was, he was one of my favorites for a long time. So, uh, you know, he was a good actor. So that's a great pick. Thank you very much. All right. My number two, this is my one of going... Gosh, do we talk about this? But I, I checked the year. We didn't. It didn't make my top ten list. I can't find any other top fives it would have been on. Um, so unless it was one of your top tens, which I don't think so, I, I don't believe we've spoken about it. It is 2001's Behind Enemy Lines, uh, starring Owen Wilson and Gene Hackman. God, I don't think we have. But I, this was on TV few weeks back and i started watching it yeah it's it's really good i actually yeah, yeah. just watched it very recently uh, i always liked this movie uh, i enjoyed it very much when it first came out uh basically owen wilson of all people plays a navy pilot who gets down wow in uh yeah exactly wow wow uh, he plays a navy pilot who gets downed in uh in like bosnia serbia one of those places and, and he's he's got sensitive intelligence that the army does not want him to get back to the U.S., the, the Serbian army. So they're hunting him, and he's on the run by himself. And um, he occasionally gets to communicate with uh, Gene Hackman, who's the you know captain of the aircraft carrier he was launched from. Um, it's a really good action film. Owen Wilson is really good. You know, you don't see him in a lot of dramatic or action roles especially, but he's really good in it. Gene Hackman is, of course, fantastic, even though he's 
a supporting role, but it's even just what he does with the part he has playing kind of a military guy, which could be so by the numbers. You know, he's utterly terrific. There's some really, really strong action sequences in it. And I just I've always loved movies or books or any kind of thing about like one person up against overwhelming odds. You know, like you give me a story with like one guy being hunted by an army or something along those lines or one person up against a bunch of monsters. I am there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I know it's easy to write it off because, oh, Owen Wilson. Wow. You know, he's right. He's Lightning McQueen and he's in all these. You Again, know, he's a good actor, though. He's, he's a, good a very actor. good actor. Absolutely. You yeah. know, he's just wastes his time in Wes Anderson films for the most part. <laughs> but um, but uh, but I really like this movie a lot. I, I do. It's it's a really top notch action film. So behind enemy lines from 2001, like I said, I, as far as I remember, I couldn't find an instance where we've talked about it before. So cool, that's cool, my cool. number two. OK, uh, so my number two is uh, one from 1998, and it's uh, Zero Effect. This is a Jake Kasdan film. It stars Bill Pullman uh, called Daryl Zero, and as the tagline, it says, the world's most private detective. Uh, and Ben still is in it. He plays his assistant. And the thing about uh, Daryl Zero is he doesn't like humanity as a whole, really, so he gets his assistant to be like the face of him, and he goes and does all the talking things. But he's called in by a millionaire to inve- investigate uh, this blackmail thing which has been happening, and Bill Pullman ends up getting involved with this woman played by Kim Dickens, who's amazing in it. Uh, but it's uh, it's basically it's basically like a modern day kind of Sherlock Holmes, but where lots of his bad habits are like pushed up to the nth degree, where he basically doesn't go out, and but eventually he does because of plot. But uh, I, I quite like this because uh, Bill Pullman's great in it. Uh, ben Still is not. Because uh, you're not a big fan of Ben Stiller, are you? Uh, he, uh, no. I mean, I'm I'm not. I, I like him in some yeah. things. Uh, you know. Well, he's not doing he's like not he, he's not doing lots of the typical Ben Stiller kind of thing. He's more like a put upon right. assistant, so he's it's good not. And then I probably would enjoy that more. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of nice. It's uh, it's good. I always like Sherlock Holmes stories. I like detective stories, and this is Bill Pullman is just uh, great in this because he just he doesn't want to do anything, but he can't help it because his his brain and his mind work so well, and he can just see the connections of things. Uh, it's again it's a good mystery uh, when you find out what it is there's a few revelations which crop up which are good I've watched this one a few times I did have it on VHS uh-huh. uh, that tape that disappeared many years ago and even if it did <laughs> right. have it I've no longer got anything to play, play it on but uh, it's a good one it's worth tracking down as well if you just want to it's got a huge bit of humor in it as well but it's zero effect from 1998 very good pick alright I don't think I've ever actually gotten around to seeing that one believe it or not so yeah yeah, I don't think many people have. <laughs> right. Well, but that's kind of what this list sort of brings out, right? I yeah, mean, I know yeah. most of my films have been, uh, you know, well, some of the films, but I'm about to hit you with another one that has no name actors in it because it's, you know, one of those sort of small little films. So <laughs> Okay. So my number one is a little film from 2009 called Exam. Exam is a really, really cool, again, a small film. Uh, it's it's sort of set in this undetermined kind of future possible future where it's eight candidates are in a small you know locked kind of room and and the they're the finalists for this really you know big job and the uh the administrator at the beginning says you know here here's your exam you've got three rules you can't talk to the armed guard you can't ruin your paper and the third rule is you can't leave the room. And uh-huh, okay. then he says, okay, you've got 80 minutes to complete this. And he leaves the room and the candidates all turn their paper over and it's blank. Oh, and okay. so then they have to try and figure out, because only one of them can get the job, right? So they have to figure out what is, what's the question, what's the test. And as you can imagine, a situation like this, things don't go smoothly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, starts off okay at first. And then, of course, tensions start to rise and things get a little out of control. And it is really, really neat. It's just a, it's a taut 
tense, short, like tightly paced thriller. You don't know what's going on and everything. And then the ending is really clever the way they sort of resolve it. And, you know, it's kind of one of those who's going to who's going to make it, who's not, you know, who am I supposed to root for? type of things it's really really great it's just a really fun little film all takes place in this one room so it's it's a really economic film but it holds your attention from start to finish and i really love it so that is my number one it is called exam from 2009 no name actors really but definitely worth uh worth a look cool yeah those kind of films work 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 better with no name actors yeah a lot of times they do absolutely yeah Yeah. oh good stuff then okay that's a good one to check out thank you okay then my number one is uh well, it's quite a big film if you're into these kind of films. Uh, and as I say, I don't think I've talked about it, but it's from 1993. It's a Yakuza movie written, uh, directed, and edited by Takeshi Kitano, who's also in it on, you know, with the stage name Beat Takeshi. And it's Sonatine. Sonatine? Yeah, it's called Sonatine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he's again. I definitely don't think you've talked about that one yeah, before. I don't think I have, but I do like this one. It's uh, Kitano plays a, a Yakuza from in Tokyo, and he's basically tired of gangster life. Uh, so when he's sent off to sort out a dispute, between two different clans uh and he ends up people die and stuff but there's a he ends up it all goes a bit wrong and he ends up uh, fleeing to uh the beach and he, he holds up there with some of his uh friends and family there and it's basically a load you end up having loads of gangsters playing beach games and things like this having a great time uh and drinking beers and things but then obviously the gangster lifestyle and coaches people turn up there's arguments uh, Russian roulette happens, and yeah, it's it's just great. It's one of those ones uh, I do like. Uh, Takashi's films just often there's lots lots of nice those slow scenes where you know you're in the moment and you just it's calm, it's calm, and then there's blood and bullets, uh, and it's just uh, this, this the scenes on the beach are just fantastic. Of you have these you know tough guys yakuza's, but then they suddenly start relaxing and having fun, and going back to the uh, you know. But what you get up to is kids, but then often they, they end up, the games do go dark again. But there's a few brief moments of joy wrapped up in this one. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's on a time and it's well worth checking out. Very cool. That is uh, definitely not a film you've talked about. Definitely not a film that I have seen uh, and not even one that I'm all that familiar with. So uh, a very good pick because that was sort of the point of this list, right? Was to yeah, share yeah, some yeah, ones yeah. that we, we haven't talked about. They're maybe on the fringe or on the edge or, you know, weren't quite great enough to be in our top 10 but a lot of films can't make our top 10 because you know it's hard to pick 10 movies out of a whole year of films so this is a chance to sort of talk about some of those ones that have slipped through the cracks a little bit that's right and i think it's a good list some good films to check out absolutely did you have any since this is uh, our 50th episode phil do you have any um honorable mentions you want to throw in real quick uh, honorable mentions yes because the lots of the ones that i wasn't I was, a couple that i wasn't sure whether they'd be mentioned but there was loads of illusion uh the clive barker one uh, back from uh, 1995, which yeah, uh, yeah, like that one. Scott Bakula's in that one. Uh, well, it's a bit similar though to like uh, the the first one I mentioned because it's it's in a private detective getting involved in supernatural shenanigans. There's also Stir of Echoes from 1999, which had uh, Kevin Bacon in, who gets psychic powers, and it's all a bit dark and mysterious. Mm-hmm. And there was also the documentary from 1994 about uh, called Crumb, all about the comic book writer and artist Robert Crumb. Yep. Yep, right. And that, that's uh, very the, good. Mind. What about you? Uh, I had a couple. I, there's a um, sort of a creature feature called Grabbers uh, that I really like. Oh, yeah, I like that film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to be drunk in order to fight them, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, there's a, horror, a slasher flick called Cherry Falls that's really fun because it takes the concept of, you know, only virgins are getting killed, so everyone starts having sex so they don't get killed. 
Um, there's a really fun film that almost made my list called Human Traffic. It was actually um, it was the first film by uh, Alex Proyas, who did The Crow and Dark City and iRobot. And it's actually about like uh, club life in, yeah. uh, you know, with young people. It's more of a comedy, but I, I really like that one. Um, and then there's a horror film called The Children, which is really, really neat about uh, these kids who, you know, the family's on vacation and these kids all of a sudden get sort of like possessed and start killing their parents. Uh, but I swear I've mentioned that one somewhere before. Otherwise, it would have made my list. But I, I could pretty sure I talked about it at some point, but I couldn't remember when. Those are all ones that uh, almost made my list, but didn't quite. Excellent. Some good ones there as well. All right. Well, there you go. So those are our top five movies that we think we haven't talked about uh, ever before on After the Ending. Uh, hopefully that uh, opened you up to some kind of, you know, some films that you can track down that if you're looking for something a little different to watch, here are 10 choices that might, uh, you know, give you something new to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, there you go. So that is our 50th mini episode. Thank you for listening to all of them or as many as you have listened to. We appreciate it. Um, but that is going to wrap us up for now. So as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the end. No, no, I agree with you. It's the same. Like you said, if there is one that maybe got mentioned, at least it was only in passing. I don't think any of these are films that we've ever really gone into any, um, you know, any yeah, real yeah. in-depthness to. So that's good English right there. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> in-depthness to. Yeah, you, you broke, just, uh, just talk a minute. You just broke up a bit then. Oh, did I? Okay, good. So you didn't hear me ex- uh, exhibit some really terrible grammar then? No, no, I didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, go back in action. <laughs> Um, let me take that again then. Okay. Yeah, none of them are films that we've gone into into depth on. Oh, God. <laughs> that wasn't any better. <laughs> it is a small film from 2009 called Star Wars. No, I'm just um, Sorry. Star Wars? <laughs> Imagine if our whole list was just movies we've already heard. <laughs> we've talked about like ad and time. My number one is Cars. <laughs> <laughs> the third rule I was saying, and you can't, uh, and you can't, crap. Well, you can crap, I'm sure. That's not one of the rules. I just, you know, I forgot what I was saying. Awesome. <laughs>